Let's pray. Father God, what a joyous moment we just shared. As the body of believers, breaking your bread, which was your body, taking the wine or the juice, which was your blood that was shed for us. Father God, I pray that our ears would be open, Father. That the message, Lord, would not sit up here, but travel the 18 inches down to our heart, Father God. We can have all the knowledge we want, but until there's a transformed life, Father God, the work is not done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, welcome, church. It's been a great day. Truly, what a blessing it was to share communion with you today. Some of you might be wondering who I am. My name is Jason Shorn, and I'm, I'm a transplant to this community. I grew up in farm country. I would even say sugar beet land. And uh, my profession brought me here. I am a school teacher, taught the middle school for 14 years, and then my second year at the high school. And uh, truly, it's just been a blessing to be part of Open Door Church. They have... They took me in early when I was a broken man and helped build my life through Christ. So I'm very humbled and honored to stand before you. When Pastor Steve asked me if I would give a talk, like most people, fear crept in, and I said no. But by the end of that service, when he asked me, I knew God was telling me yes. And then I asked Steve, what do you want me to talk about? And he's like, oh, pick whatever you want. Great. <laughs> so before I begin, one thing you need to know about me is I only have one teaching style. And that is to share my experience and to share my testimony. So you will get to know more about me. But what's most important is I want this to be about God. So I'm going to encourage you and challenge you to open up your Bibles to Matthew 13. I'm going to be reading out of the Bible that's given out for free. Thank you for those that give their gifts, tithes, and offering. It allows us to give the Bibles to anyone. So, I love doing this. It's my joke. What page are we on? Those that have the same Bible as me, page 909, Matthew 13. So, as I was reflecting and thinking about what I could speak on, we're ending the season and we're coming into a new one. Summer has ended. School is about to start. People are getting their fields ready for harvest. Maybe you're busting out the flannels and getting ready for those bonfires. But for me, being a school teacher is also a moment of reflection. How did my summer go? Did I do the things I said I was going to do? Did I spend time with God as I said I was out to do? I'm very blessed because my time with God in the morning during the summer gets to be longer. But now as I creep into the back to the school year, do I still make time for the Lord before I begin my day? It's a challenge that I have. So by now, I should have given you time to find Matthew 13 in your book. Okay? So, just to set the setting for you, at this time, people are attracted to Jesus. The Pharisees are still kind of questioning him and what are you doing type of deal, but people are attracted. So many people got attracted that Jesus took the, I can't stand behind the stage, 
So, so Jesus took the opportunity and uh, he used his platform. He didn't have a church like we have here today. So he got into the boat at the Sea of Galilee and he spoke to the people that were attracted to him and also to the 12 disciples. They got one of their first lessons. We're going to be talking about the parable of the farmer scattering seed. If you have a different Bible, it might be the parable of the sower. So we're going to start on verse 3 right away. Jesus told many stories in the form of parables, such as this one. And then it said, listen, exclamation point. We really need to slow down and go, do we listen? I know for a fact... I am not a good listener. I love people so much that when they're having a conversation with me, I like to ask questions to show them I care, that I'm interested in what you're interested in. But so many times, and I get this from my children, Dad, you've always, you've already asked twice. Dad, you've asked three times. Even though I care about them so much, I get distracted And I don't even wait for their response. So the question is, are you truly listening to the Word of God? It goes on in verse verse 3, it says, A farmer went out to plant some seeds. Little phrase there, went out. There was action. The farmer went and did something. And we're going to talk about action today. Verse 4, as he, the farmer, scattered them, the seeds, across the field. Some of the seeds fell on footpath, and the birds came and ate them. That seed that was spread out didn't even stand a chance. They didn't even have an opportunity to grow into something beautiful. They were snatched immediately. Verse 5, other seed fell on the shallow soil. With underlining rock. The seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. I found this out the hard way. I buy the cheap grass seed. The cheap grass seed is called annual. You plant it, it grows, your yard looks great. Winter comes, spring comes, there's no grass. So do you go for the cheap grass seed? Or are you going to go for the perennial that will hopefully withstand a cold winter here in Minnesota? Jesus picks up in verse 6, and it uses the word but. I'm going to tell you now, anytime you see the word but in the Bible, you better be paying attention. It just means everything I heard is going to be erased or more explained. It says, but the plant soon wilted under the hot sun. And since they didn't have deep roots, they died. For those that lived near here, we had a windstorm. And I was curious, so I jumped on my bike and I rode bike around town. And I got this great observation. The trees that stood alone could not withstand the storm. They blew over. We have houses here in New London that no longer have trees. What I forgot to share with you, and I don't like this term, but I'm a servant leader at Recovery Church. And something that we talk about to our members at Recovery Church is not only do we want deep roots, we want roots that are intertwined. 
Because when we stand together with other people, we can even handle much, much bigger storms. So I encourage you, build a community of believers around you. A community of believers where you can share your fears, your worries, and past heartaches. Don't stand alone. We can't afford to. Verse 7, other seed fell among the thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. In this case, tender maybe means young, but it's not just our young believers. For those that are new in their faith and they're giving us a chance, whether it's at 12 years old, 14 years old, 40 years old, or 85 years old. It goes on in Mark, I forgot to tell you this, is that this story is so important that it is recorded not once, but twice, but three times in the gospel. So in Mark, in that recorded version, it said, these seeds did not produce no grain. And that part is so important, and we're going to hopefully end with this. Seed gets put in the ground. It grows into something beautiful. And that something beautiful can produce fruit. And what that fruit does is produces more seeds. But this seed got choked out by what was around them. They didn't stand a chance to grow into their full maturity. So this seed really did not sprout or grow. And then we get to verse 8, which is the good stuff in my opinion, farm country. Still other seeds fell on the fertile soil, and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, even 100 times as much as had been planted. That sounds good, right? By the way, I'm not a farmer. I grew up in the city around a farm country, so I don't know a lot about farming. But I'm guessing the farmers are very happy. They got a good return, right? So you guys are happy because now your bread's cheaper at home, whatever it may be, right? So we want everyone to have a good harvest. At the end of this parable, the disciples took the time and asked Jesus, why do you speak in parables? And there's a lengthy explanation. That's a service in itself. But in Jason's word, he gave you choice. Are you going to listen? Are you just going to hear the parable? Are you going to allow that book knowledge from up here to travel 18 inches down to here? And thankfully for you and for I, Jesus explains this. Three times it's recorded in the gospel, so it must be pretty important. So in Mark 4, before, he expl- before Jesus explains what the parable meant, he clearly says, Jesus clearly says, the farmer plants seed by taking God's word to other. Remember that action? He went out. The farmer went out. And then in Luke's version, it is recorded that the seed is the God's word. Are we bringing God's word out to others? We're going to have a choice to make when we leave here. What soil do we have? What soil do we represent? So Jesus explains the four different types of soil. 
So picking up back in Matthew on verse 19, so we're jumping down a little bit in your Bibles. For those that are reading the same Bible as me, we've got to flip the page. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those that hear the message about the kingdom. You guys catch that little word? Jesus didn't say listen this time. He said hear. The passive part of it. The seed fell on the footpath that represents those that hear about the kingdom. The kingdom that he's talking about is the salvation through Jesus Christ. What is our life going to look like when we leave this earth? And here's the hard part. Hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. Guys, we, we live in a world where we can speak about Jesus however we want. People probably heard the name of Jesus. I even watch Hollywood movies and they say Jesus. We hear it. But are we listening to it? And then Jesus warns us, the evil one, Satan himself, the devil, comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. We don't even stand a chance. What you don't know is I know the footpath all too well. I was on the hell insurance program. See, when I came to New London Spicer, I really wanted to go to church. I had a young family, but I didn't know where to go. I wasn't raised in the church. Do I go to the Lutheran church? Do I go to the Catholic church? Do I go to the church closest to my house? So I let fear win. I let Satan win. But thankfully, my neighbor loved me enough. She invited me to go to church not once, not twice, but three times. What she didn't know is both the first and second time I really wanted to go, but I let fear win. And finally, the third time, I kind of said to myself, I'm just going to go to get this lady off my back. And you guys should be thankful for Donna. I know I'm thankful for her because it was her husband that approached Pastor Steve about starting a new church called the Open Door. I've been part of this Open Door journey for 13 years. I watched us grow from 20 people to a church on a pond to where we're now with two services and a standing building of our own. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So what happens is growing up not in a church, luckily enough, a gentleman loved our little community enough that he bought an old church that wasn't used and he warmed the basement in the winter and cooled the basement in the summer and he fed us children. Kids, if you're listening, he even paid us to learn Bible verses. He was planting seeds in our heart. Pete Oy from Granite Falls, he has since passed. He made a world of difference. I went there for sixth and seventh grade. I took the meals, loved it. He even had soda on Wednesdays, just to let you guys know. Donuts on Sundays. And I took his message. But 13, what comes next? 14, what comes next? 15, what comes next? Temptation. I felt tempted by the world. I knew enough about Jesus at that time that if I asked forgiveness on my deathbed, Jesus would forgive me no different than the criminal on the cross. And that was Jason's plan. I'm going to go do what Jason wants to do. Let me tell you, that does not work out well. By the time I got to New London Spicer, I'm supposed to be this polished, professional. 
And I'm not. I'm broken inside, and I'm absolutely empty. Still love people, but I have this void that I can't fill, and I keep trying to fill it with everything else but the one thing that will fill it. So luckily enough, by saying yes one time, I came to Open Door Church, and they built me up. They didn't know it at the time, but I felt like a nobody that had absolutely nothing to offer. I remember sitting down with Pastor Steve only a month in. I actually got to go to his house because we didn't have an admin building. And I said, Steve, I'm broken, and I have nothing to give. And he just told me one thing, keep coming back. And I'd keep coming back. And I tried to be willing to listen to the messages. Hell insurance. Didn't get me anywhere. The second type of soil in verse 20, the seed on rocky soil that represents those who hear. Notice that word again? That hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. Joy is a great thing, right? But being tied into the recovery community and being tied to this church for the last 13 years, when people get baptized, it is absolutely a celebration. But my heart breaks because I've watched so many people walk into that lake and choose to get baptized. And after a period of time, we start thinking we can handle it ourselves. I know that feeling all too well. I can honestly tell you when my life is good, my prayer life is awesome. But when my life is filled with worry and fear, you know who I talk to the least? Jesus. I spend more time talking to myself. So I know this feeling. I know what it's like when they receive it with joy. You watch this, but Jesus warns us in verse 21. He uses the word but again. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last. They fall away as soon as they face problems. Jason knows that feeling. They also fall away, it's recorded, when they're persecuted for believing in God's word. These people are excited. They want to share about their change in their life. And they go to the people closest to them and they said, let me tell you about Jesus. And their coworker says, we don't talk about Jesus here. Their family says, have you gotten religious? I know what it's like to be persecuted. In Luke's version, he also adds, when they fall away, when they fall away, when they face temptation. Being the lives of young people, there is so, so much temptation. I don't know if you noticed it, but it brought me great joy. Our young people stepped up and they did the service. They offered communion, they poured their coffee, they met you at the outside, they opened the doors for you. We want our young people to grow deep roots. It's by getting connected, getting involved, that your roots will have a chance to grow and you can finally withstand that storm and not fall into that temptation. If you're not connected here with Open Door Church, we invite you to join the service team. Come part of this. There's so many positions available. It looks like that's Jason's job or this person's job, but no. It's from people not stepping up and saying, can I do one Sunday a month? We're asking you, are you willing 
to grow some deep roots with us so that we can stand the storm together and allow our roots to be intertwined. Verse 22. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those that hear God's word. But all too quickly, the message is crowded, crowded out by worries. I already shared that with you. When I worry, I think I can handle it myself, and I can't. I truly can't. But one thing that I've learned from the recovery community is that I can share my burdens with somebody else. And that's what it says in Galatians. Share your burdens with somebody else. We no longer have to carry that backpack on our back alone. We can share it with others. But also hear the, mess- hear the message but lose it because of the lure of wealth. In Mark 4, it even goes on to say the desires for other things. I know that all too well. Do you know that pickleball got in my way of my faith? I would get up at 5.45, two days a week before work, and start playing pickleball at 5.45. And I mean start time 5.45. But the other three days a week, I couldn't get up ten minutes earlier than my alarm clock to spend any time with God. I got convicted. Still love pickleball, but I don't play it before work anymore. I chase the other desires. In Luke 8, it says that we will follow the pleasures of this life. Do your hobbies, do your passions, do your relationships take you off Christ? I've been there. I know my sinful nature. My eyes have been taken off Christ in this 13-year journey more times than I can count. But then we get to the good stuff. The fertile soil, verse 23. The seed that fell on the good soil represents those who, you ready for this? Truly hear. In other words, listen to the word of God from the farmer that set out and put seeds in your life. The seed that fell on the good soil represents those that truly hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest of 30 60 and even 100 times as much has been planted. I'm eternally grateful for Pete that planted those seeds in my life. It goes on in Mark 4. It says, those that accept God's word, I'm thankful for the open door church. I can tell you exactly where I was standing in the North 40 building when I accepted Jesus Christ. Where he was no longer just my savior, but I was willing to let him be the Lord of my life. Forever grateful for my open door community. In Luke, he goes on to say about the fertile soil, it represents those that are honest. If we're really going to get it to that fertile soil, we have to be honest with ourselves. And in the recovery community, we say not only be honest with yourself, we want you to tell one person. Because when you tell one person, God will be present and he'll absolutely know if you're being honest with yourself. And then Luke, he also goes on about the good sorter in the good soil, or excuse me, the fertile soil. And he goes on and they cling to God's word. Do you carry God's word with you when you leave here on Sunday? 
don't know about you, but I have to hold myself accountable. I'm far from perfect. So I took my little smartphone and I moved all the apps to the back pages. And you know what's on my front screen? The Bible. Because I should be checking what God's Word has to say before I check the sports scores, the weathers, and what people are doing on Facebook. I had to put that parameter in place. So I know I'm putting God first. But do I still fail? Absolutely. But I put little parameters in place to help me to spend time with God. The hard part, and I apologize to my science teachers, I don't know if I was paying attention or not, but I never understood, even though I lived in farm country, is why every season they had to go pick the rocks. What I, didn't you get the rocks last season? The season before? I never understood it. After becoming, I'm not a science teacher, I guess the ground shakes up more rocks. But guess what? That's what we do to our own hearts. We can be walking in fertile soil for days, months, weeks, years. And all of a sudden, one earth-shaking moment happens. Does your heart become stone again? Where are you with your relationship with God? What about those thorns? Those people that you choose to put around you? I understand gardening. Love my grandpa, but he made me spend time in his garden. And what I found out is if you're not in that garden week after week, those weeds get worse. And if you don't go out there year after year, you don't even have a garden anymore. And all of a sudden, that fertile soil is not only rocky, I'm surrounding myself with thorns and weeds in my life. Where is Jesus? Such a powerful message. So thankful that Jesus took the time to explain this to you and for I. I know this all too well. But I have wonderful, wonderful news. Jesus is in the business of transplant. Jesus took me from that little farm community, brought me into a community where I can be nourished in love. Jesus has the ability right here, right now, to transplant your heart. He can till that soil He can pull every single thorn. He can remove every boulder and allow your heart, which is the soil, to be fertile. I don't know about you, but that sounds really, really good to me. So, the question is, are you listening today or are you just hearing? What is the current condition of your heart? The beautiful part... And I really love this part. God gave us free will to choose. He gave us free will to choose what kind of soil we want. So the question remains, were you listening? Are you willing to make changes? Just on Friday night, I had a gentleman come into my life, and he spoke to Recovery Church, and he says, if being a Christian was a criminal act, 
Would there be enough evidence in your life to convict you now? Think about that. Is there enough evidence in your life to convict you of being a Christian? What I do know is if you have that fertile soil, there will be fruits of what you do. Because God's word, the seed, will be planted. And when that seed is allowed to mature in fertile soil, it will grow up into a beautiful plant that will produce the best fruit you've ever seen. And fruit produces new seeds. I ask you what I call and take an inventory. What is the fruit in your life? What seeds are coming from it. For those that give back to the youth group, absolutely love it. I love being a school teacher, but I love talking about the name of Jesus even more. The school teacher thing just gives me a window. The cool thing is the young people ask, are you going to be at youth group this Wednesday? Are you going to be there? How cool is that? So, here at Open Door... I don't know if it's our mantra, our vision, or our mission statement, but we say this. Love Jesus. Love people. Teach others to love Jesus. Isn't that what we just heard from the parable of the farmer scattering seed? Teaching other people to love Jesus. Let's pray. Dear Father God, we thank you for your fertile soil. We thank you that you come in with a plow that just tears us apart, Father God. But then you fill it, Lord, with good seed. And you give us everything we need so that we can grow in our faith and give back to others, just as your son did when he walked on this earth. Father God, I challenge each one of these to reach over to the person they came with, Lord, and that they will share one fear that's from preventing them for growing deeper in their faith. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we're going to move into another part of worship where we get to give our gifts, tithes, and offerings. And I know this part very well. Because when I came to Pastor Steve and I said I had nothing to offer, truly, I didn't know if I could afford to put a $5 bill or a $10 bill. And he said, just Come back. But there's a scripture that gets used all the time, but it doesn't go back to the context of why it was written. So in Philippians 4, verse 13, it says, For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. What what Apostle Paul is talking about is not having. I know what it's like. Not to have much. I also know what it's like to have plenty. Since I've taken that leap of faith and I started putting my donations in the bucket, I have learned to be financially stable. I have learned to give back. I have learned not to say that I'll pray for you, but to go get the groceries the family may need. I challenge you. Is that your deeper roots? Is it time for you to give back? We thank you for being here. Visitors, let it be our pleasure to give you this message today. 
But if you are ready to give your gifts, tithes, or offering, offering, our young people are going to come down and give them a smile because they are growing in their faith. I thank you for being here. Have a great day.